0: Man, you good, G?
1: Yeah. Am, am I, uh, do I look okay? I'm, you oh know? man!
0: Oh man! Yeah. You always been beautiful. Oh man! <laughs> <You know.
1: laughs>
2: to Pushing Through. It is Thursday, July 16th. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, B.J. Armstrong. And today, we have a very special guest, a man that played basketball at Iowa with the kid, B.J. Armstrong. A man that's nickname is actually Oscar Gamble, if you remember Oscar <laughs> Gamble, the baseball player. Uh, here we go, Kevin Gamble, scout for the Toronto Raptors. Kevin, thanks for joining Pushing Through. Yep,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. B.J., hey. you're fired up. So, let's Oh, man, I, I'm fired
0: up because Kevin is... This is my guy, and we first met Kevin in 1985, right? is when we first met. Yeah. And uh, share with us, Kevin, you and my main man, Ed Horton, y'all come from Springfield. We all meet up in Iowa City. What was the decision for both of you guys to come and, and play and for Coach George Raveling? and uh, how did you guys get to Iowa? Yeah,
1: yeah, well, well going back, well, you know, I, I spent two years at junior college uh, at Lincoln College in Lincoln, Illinois. And uh, Eddie was two years younger than me, as all you guys were. Um, so we wanted to play together. So when I said, hey, when I graduated from junior college, hey, we're going to go and play somewhere in the Big Ten and we want to play together. So uh, Illinois was, you know, I mean, the only school we knew about. It was only 80 miles down the road and um, we wanted to play together. They recruited us. Uh, we were going to sign with them um make a long story short um they wanted to register they wanted to register any uh his freshman year was mr basketball of illinois um uh, they were gonna they were gonna let me come in and there was gonna be a package deal but it was like hey you register, that's one year we don't have together i said let's go somewhere let's go let's go somewhere where we can play together play right away and i will call us every day uh scott howard was uh, one of their assistant coaches there he called us every day he loved us I um, you know, mean, George came in and saw me play in junior college. So we said, hey, let's 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 go to Iowa. Uh, I said, hey, Eddie, you go and visit. You go visit. And if you like it, I'm with you. Uh, Eddie went down there for the weekend and visited. He's like, hey, I love it. I said, hey, if you love it, I love it. So that's, that's how we got to Iowa. That's how we got to Iowa.
2: And when you guys get down there, that, that's like an original Fab Five, right? This is before, you know, the, the Fab Five comes in the in the 90s. This is the the Iowa version of the Fab Five, and then you guys get there. You go, uh, I think it was the Sweet 16 game that you, you hit the shot over Oklahoma, and yeah. then you guys go get, go to the Elite Eight, and then you, you match up against the UNLV team that everyone knows. But that period of time of Iowa basketball, we, we want to remind people – you guys, I think, went 30 and five, right? Your last season there at Iowa. So yep. can you just let the people know that don't know about Iowa basketball that period of time and how you guys kind of groomed and grow grew into that great team?
1: Yeah, it was it was it was just it was one of those deals where everything kind of fell into place. Um, you know, when I mean, we knew we had a really, really good recruiting class at UD4. I think we were number three and number five in in the recruiting, um, top recruiting class. Uh, it might have been number three, I'm not for sure. But we knew we had a lot of talent. Um, you know, I mean, things didn't work out um, my junior year. You know, I mean, we didn't play as much. I think BJ kind of had the same story; didn't play as much. But we knew we had some talent. Um, once um, Coach Davis, Dr. Tom came in, you know, kind of a new lease on life. Um, everything was went back to the start. You had to earn your spot. Uh, you had to play and play and, and play well to get your spot. And and I was able to get a starting position. So. But once we got on the court and the system that we played, was, um, it fit our game. You know what I mean? It, it, it fit BJ's game. It fit my game. It fit Eddie's game. You know, the fast pace, the running, the pressing. It was just uh, just a fun, fun way to play. Fun, fun way to play. But we were really good. We were really good.
0: <laughs> you know, Kevin's being real humble here. You know, without question, <laughs> Kevin was the best player on the team, right? You know, he was, he was the most mature out of all of us and he had always had a pro game. And in looking back on it, you know, Kevin played in the NBA, Ed Horton played in the NBA, you know, the late Roy Marble played in the NBA, Les Jepson played in the NBA and myself. So all five of us played in the NBA and there was other players on the team that played in the NBA as well on that team. So we had a very unique group. But Kevin, when we think about that year, and how close we came right we lose in the final 8 and i've always said this if kevin doesn't get in foul trouble in that game we win that game but kevin can you recount what do you remember most because whenever i run across those guys from UNLV it's a lot of trash talking <laughs> but kevin gamble was our best player and he gets in foul trouble and you had a great year and you go on to you know with the celtics and Playing for many years in the NBA had a great career, but what do you remember most about that year, and in particular that game?
1: Yeah, it it, it brings back uh, a lot of a lot of good memories, but uh, it also uh, brings up some bad memories because we didn't win the game. Um, you know, I mean, being one game from the one win away from the final four, uh, I did get in foul trouble. Uh, I do remember that. I picked up two charges early, uh, early in the first half. Uh, can't remember how many fouls I had in the first half. I might have had three. And I was I was I was down there with Coach David sitting next to him. I was like, Coach, Coach, put me in, put me in. Cause you can see and, and, and I can't remember if we were down 14 and a half or sixteen. And a half. We were up fourteen and a half or sixteen and a half yeah. halftime. But I got in foul trouble and I was like, Coach, they are coming back. They cut the lead to 10. They cut the lead to eight. They cut the lead to I said, Coach, you gotta get me back in. You gotta get me back in. And BJ's right, I was, I was, I was having a great tournament. Uh, great NCAA tournament, and kind of made a name for myself. Um, but it was just one of those things when, when I did get back in, we were still in the ball game, and UNLV played the same style that we did. It was just two teams out there playing. They had a ton of talent, of course, and we played the same exact style. Um, we had our spurt early. They got their spurt late. And uh, of course, they end up they end up uh, winning the ball game. But I I made a I made a bonehead play. I made a, I made a bonehead play. I made a, a, a bad pass to Brad Lowhouse. So There's a play we used to call. I can't remember if it was two the two play or something. B.J. dribbles to the right, throws it to me up top, and I do like a little lob lob shot pass. And I wasn't. I was never great at it. And I always kicked myself. And I think every time I think about this game, I was like Jeff Mo was the best guy. Um, make that pass Jeff was really really good at that pass that was you know I mean I was of course I was a better player than Jeff but Jeff was a fire plug but he can he can shoot that ball and pass it and made it look like a shot so I always kicked myself and said hey when coach threw that play I should have said hey coach let Mo make the pass let Jeff make the pass so when I think back and um, you know I mean hindsight but it was a great great team that we had and we we had a really good chance to beat them uh, um, but we lost to a very good team as well.
2: And then I want to, you know, go from there. Obviously, like B just said, all five of those guys in that class—they all go to the NBA. And at the time in the NBA, there's so much talent in the league that you almost have to have you know a fortunate situation along with the talent and in your situation right when you were in boston i think it was larry bird had an injury Mm -hmm. and then you come in and basically fill his spot and then from there by the time it's 1991 which i want to get into a little bit later Mm -hmm. just 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 that that moment in time right to get called up and then to say Mm -hmm. all right i'm going to take advantage of this and then become a part of the ball i think you were the last 34 before paul pierce right in boston I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, tell people,
1: I tell people all the time, I was, I'm sorry I couldn't make the, the retirement of my jersey number. Um, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I let I let Paul do that. But anyway, I was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. I was a 63rd player put, taken. I think they had five rounds back then. They might have three rounds. But I, I was drafted in the third round, and I made Portland's team. They had some guys on the injury reserve. So uh, I made the team, played about eight or nine games with them, then got cut. I played the CBA, which is the G League now, D League now, mm-hmm. and um, and and when Boston picked me up, I was averaging about thirty points a game. I was a league scorer in the, in, in the CBA, and they wanted the best player in the league, and 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 that was the time that Bird hurt his uh, had surgery on his Achilles. I think he had both Achilles done, and of course he was having he wasn't having no back problems then, but he had the surgery and that, and that's when I got called up in November, December of '88. Is when they called me up. So, so when people ask me who I played for, and I played for the Celtics, they say, "Hey, the reason I was there, I replaced the legend Larry Bird. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I replaced him because he was hurt. But, but it was it was great. It was great to go there, and that's where I really learned how to play basketball. Um, playing against, uh, playing with those guys, you walk out. You know, I mean, I, 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 I they, they, they pick me up. I go to the gym. We got to practice. You know, you do your physical the day before, and I go out there and then walk out, and there's Larry Bird, there's Kevin McHale, there's Danny Ainge, y'all repairs, and it's like, you know, you kind of pinching yourself, like, wow. You know, what I mean, I, I remember sitting in the in the dorm room watching these guys in the finals against the, you know, against the Sixers, against the Lakers, and and the Bulls, and it's like, you know, what I mean? it's, it was it was just it was um, it was it was encouraging to me. I was like. You know, what I mean you really don't feel that you, you belong until you get on the court and you start playing. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I can I can do this. I can do this. So you, right. you know, Kev, you
0: you have you played in one of the more historic places. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us what it was like to play in the Boston Garden? Because I remember my first time I came there, but I mean you played there every night, right? I just remember looking up in that little scoreboard, it had Dunkin' Donuts, and then you had the parquet floor. What was that like? in the locker room, I'm going to say this before you answer. The locker room and the visitor was awful, right? And the showers, were, there were never any hot water in there. And in the, in the springtime, they would turn on the heat. It would be like a sauna in there. But what was it like for you to play in Boston with such rich tradition? And you were playing alongside legends, right? I mean, you played alongside Tweety. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Larry, Yeah, uh, Larry Bird. <laughs> and then you got Kevin McHale. You had Robert Parrish. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what was that like, Kevin, for yeah. you to, to step into the garden?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was, you know, the garden is historic. historic. This is an historic place. And, you know, when you hear about when you play there, playing there was one thing, but the, the facilities wasn't it wasn't very nice. Like you said, the locker rooms. The showers and all that, but as far as playing there, the fans were great. They they were knowledgeable fans. They knew when you were dogging it, knew when you were giving effort. Um, but being able to play with with those guys in that period of time was was special to me. Um, I you know I mean like I said, I learned how to play. I learned how to use picks. I learned how to use the pick and roll. Um, I learned how I became a better passer. You know, what I mean, so those guys were all about winning basketball games. So it didn't matter who scored the points. It was some nights that had twenty points and Bird might have had seven. You know, what I mean, he's like he was okay with that. You know, what I mean, because all he wanted to do was win. And but playing in the Garden was it was, was historic for I me. Mean, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I you know I pinch myself every night. You, you go get the paper and you look in there and your name's in there and and um, so you really don't really don't realize. You know, as a, as a kid growing up, you know, I mean, of course, this is your dream to play in the NBA. But once you finally get there, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, this is one of my dreams that it really came true for me. But you know, I Austin mean, was great. It was great. You know, I mean, driving to the game. You know, I mean, people, the, the fans. It was just a great all-around atmosphere.
0: You know, Kevin. I, I, here before, I know Tate asked you, but I, there's a there's a player that you play with that I was a huge fan of
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the late, you know, Reggie Lewis, mm-hmm. who I admired
1: mm-hmm.
0: from afar. We played against them, yeah. I think in college, right? I think at the great Alaska shootout, right? If I remember correctly, you know, I'm old now, <laughs> but I think we, we we played against him. but Kevin, he was really, really, really good. Yeah. And you played with them. Mm-hmm. You, you, I know you guys were friends. Mm-hmm. Can you just share with our, share with us mm-hmm. how good was Reggie Lewis yeah. because he was a yeah. he, he was a star I mean he was he was really coming on and coming into his own
1: yeah and and, that, and that's what that's what it is he was he was coming into his own he played at Northeastern University um, you know made the Celtic number one pick I think in 87 I believe um, but yeah just a super 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 player super super guy um, and was finally coming in, like you said, coming into his zone. He had made the All-Star team uh, the year before he had, he passed. And uh, but one of those guys that can get his shot at any time. Uh, the elevation of his shot, you know, he was one of those wiry, strong guys. He wasn't very, you know, I me. Mean, I don't think he was 200 pounds. He 190. And you know, I mean, he played that two position, which you know, I mean, everybody's in that position. Every night you got to strap strap it on and 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 and, and play. It. You know, what I mean, I remember him matched up with Jordan. Jordan, and I think Jordan even admitted it, that that Reggie gave him problems on the on, on the uh, as far as a defensive player because Reggie was so quick off the floor. Um, you know, what I mean, he would wait till you jump and shoot your shot, and he would jump, but he was so fast off the floor that he can block your shot. So you had to get some really good separation for him. From him to get your shot off because he can jump so high and he was so quick off the floor and he was six seven and he was six seven but but a terrific player um, we had fun it was, we, we were just coming in that the new car was kind of taking over you know Larry and, and Michael and Chief were getting a little bit older and um, so we wanted to, we wanted to still run so myself Reggie Lewis Brian Shaw you know I mean John Bagley you know I mean we kind of. We kind of just we were one of they called they nicknamed us the zip the zip boys, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they, they just you know, I mean, and, and there was just a different style coming in, you know. Um, but Larry and those guys, they can playoff time comes, everything kind of slows down, and that's the way Larry and those guys play um, once the playoff comes because they just you know they just beat the crap out of you, you know, I mean, in, in, the, in the paint. But um, it was fun playing with Reggie, but he was it was coming he was coming into his own.
2: Who's coming to his own. And Kevin, I have to ask this because everyone that comes on the, the podcast that played in the era of those 90s Bulls, you know, there seems to be a caveat of, uh, you know, we've seen the Rockets come out. Kenny Smith says we could have beaten those guys potentially. And one of the questions I have to ask in 1991, I, th- I think you almost won most improved player mm-hmm. starting for the Celtics, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Bird, Reggie Lewis, Kevin McHale, those are the three leading scorers. You're the fourth leading scorer on that team. Mm-hmm. You guys go to the playoffs. You're a pretty good matchup for that Bulls team, for BJ's Bulls team. Mm-hmm. But then you guys face the Pistons. The Pistons mm-hmm. beat you in that series. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you guys get past the Pistons, is there a chance that that you guys are the team to stop the Bulls?
0: <laughs> you know, be, <laughs> be careful, G, because I sent you a video last night where that team beat us.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I sent you the video
1: last night. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I got that video. I, watched, I was watching the first quarter of it. Then I just, you know, I mean, you're, you're three hours behind. So, you know, I, mean, I, was, I was already in <laughs>
0: bed. <laughs> That's why I sent it to you. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to send it to him while you're up. You know, you got to be sleeping. <laughs>
1: well, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. I I, mean, I don't know if we matched up better um, you know, I mean, than, than Detroit did. But Detroit was a really, really good team. You know, what I mean, with with, with Isaiah and, and, and Joe and, and all those guys, it would just. You know, I, mean, I got hurt. Not that that made a huge difference, but uh, I was a a, a a big part of what we were doing. Um, I pulled my groin, and I think the first or second game of that, uh, of that playoff of that series, mm-hmm. I was chasing Joe chasing Joe Dumars off of off of a screen, and I pulled my groin, and I and I couldn't play anymore in that in that series, but. Um, but I'm sure they needed my, I don't know what I was averaging, 10, 12, 13 points. I'm not sure. I'm sure they could have needed. They would have needed that.
2: But I'm not 15. sure. 15.6, Kevin. I match. got you. 15.6. <laughs> 15.
1: Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good year for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it was just, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been a better matchup. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I, I think what, what, what we had with our, with our youth, and our veterans, you know I mean, me, Brian Shaw, Reggie Lewis being the youth and bird, and Paris McHel being the, the Elder Statesman, um, you you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's a very. That's a very political answer. To, you know, toe the line. <laughs> hey, hey, so, you never know. It could have happened, but you know, we're just moving on with life, so that's good. Uh, hey, Kevin. From there, right? That you know, after your basketball career, you get into coaching, mm-hmm. um, and you're coaching for a while as a head coach, and then you you actually go and coach with Doctor uh, Davis's son, correct? Right <laughs> after after uh, your first few years as a head coach, and then you go to Central Michigan, and then from there, now you're with Toronto. So we want to talk about that. Being back in the NBA, going to the college game, and then coming back to the NBA. What has that adjustment been like? Like, is it, is, it, is it fun to be back in the National Basketball Association for you after yeah. playing?
1: Yeah, yes, yes, it is. You know, I mean, I, you know, doing the college thing for 14 years. You know, was the head coach for eight years at a Division two, and then I was with Kino for for seven or eight years. One year in Providence, and like seven years in in Central Michigan, and uh, we had a great experience doing that. Uh, loved, loved working with with the college players, and then I got the opportunity to to uh, to, to work for the uh, Toronto. Ronald Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse and I, who's the, the Raptors head coach, we go way back to our Iowa days, and you and remember uh, um, Nick played at Northern Iowa when we were at Iowa, right? Um, but we played summer basketball together. Um, so they had a they had a league. I'm sure BJ told you we had a league called the Primetime League, and all the all the all the Division One, Division Two, but mostly Division One talent. You know, mean Iowa, Iowa State. Drake, Northern Iowa, so all the top players would come. We would do a draft, and we would play out at um, – I can't remember the high school beach. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I can't remember as well. know
1: or some kind of – yeah, but some, some high school we played in in the evenings. I think we played two times a, two times a week on Wednesdays, Saturdays it might have been, or Friday, Sunday. I can't remember, but Nick and I met there. We, we played together on the same team one year. Uh, Coach McDermott from – from Creighton was I mean we had yes. so many good right. players uh, playing that um, but I enjoy being back uh, doing what I do I do advanced scout advanced scouting for the Toronto Raptors and just to get in that role and be in that role to go out and and and, uh, and, and see all the NBA teams on a daily basis has been it's been fun it's been a been a fun job for me and I'm I'm enjoying it
0: can can, can you can you share you know. It's a term that you and I are, are very familiar with, but can you share with maybe people who aren't as familiar, what what is what are the duties of an advanced scout? Like, what exactly does that mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Advanced scout meaning is um, you're, you're – and that's exactly what it means. I go out and try to get information on our opponents. So I get our coaching staff ready for our next opponent. So say we're playing BJ and, you know, we, we got them playing the Bulls Today is today is Thursday. We got the Bulls on Sunday. I'm I'm in Chicago tonight watching watching the Bulls play trying to get their trying to learn their tendencies, trying to get look at their play calls, you know what I mean who's playing, who's playing well for them. So I'm I'm writing all that information down. I'm typing that information in. If I see a play, if I see a new play, if I see the coach rose up a number two and, you know I mean, um, Zach Levine comes off the screen, so I know that place for Zach Levine, so, so there's a lot that goes in uh, being an advanced scout and, um, and I, and I've enjoyed this in my second year doing it. Um, Of course, we had the, we had the stoppage and, you know, I think my last game was March 11th and we haven't, haven't been back, been back since, but I've been doing stuff on video and trying to get our guys prepared, but advanced scout is, you know I mean, that's what it is. You go out, um, you watch the, the teams that you're getting ready to play and, uh, you try, you do a lot of traveling. You know, what I mean, I might be in California on, on uh, to, tonight and I might be in Chicago on Sunday. I might be in Charlotte on Wednesday. So I'm always ahead. I'm always ahead of the team. Uh, and so when I get my, when I get my information, I send it into the coaching staff and, and try to help them prepare, uh, to beat our next opponent. So that's what it is in a nutshell.
0: So you, you know, last year, congratulations. Uh, You know, we we want to see your championship ring. If you're nice enough to show it to us, I don't know if you're wearing it right now. Uh, But congratulations, though.
1: Yeah, I I, no, you know what? Actually, I haven't been back to Toronto. You know, I mean, they because my job, I started my job in October and I started traveling around seeing seeing teams. My ring is still actually still in Toronto, believe it or not. So. I was gonna, I was gonna pick it up this some uh, once the season was over. When I get to go back, because I go back and I do stuff and I, and I get to be around the guys uh, on, on occasion. So I, my ring is still in, uh, still in, in in Toronto. So, but I've seen, I've seen pictures of it It looks nice. <laughs> and and I, do, I do, have it, I do have it coming. But that that was a great experience. I mean, great timing you know, on my part. Um, you know, I mean. Uh, you uh, know, the Toronto Raptors is a great, great, great organization. You know, I mean, Ma, Ma- Masai, Masai runs that deal. Bobby Webster is our, our general manager. Those guys are just great guys. Um, they let you do your job, and and uh, they're just – they're a big part. Everybody's a big part of what we do. You know, I mean, my job is is is, is going out and doing advanced scout. I got a little part in it, but there's, there's a collective – you know, I mean, collective uh, deal that we do, and, and Nick is uh, – Nick's our, our leader, and he's real inclusive, and it's, it's been, been a fun, fun ride to, to, to be a part of it.
2: And, and, Kevin, I have to ask, I mean, as, you know, someone that's a part of the Raptors franchise, I mean, the Raptors fans for over a decade, the number one gripe they have with the world is we are not covered enough, we are not discussed enough. But now you guys win the championship. You kind of, you know, you kind of knock that off. You know, you check that box. Mm-hmm. Is it nice to be under the radar now? You know, you go down to to Orlando. Everyone wants to talk about LA. They want to talk about the Clippers or the Lakers or Giannis and the Bucks or the Sixers potentially. But the defending champs just sort of get to roll down there casually and uh, just to enjoy themselves and get ready to try to repeat.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, we we, we have a we have a, a, a good group of guys, and you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, and from from what the time that i spent around them. They don't like the fanfare, you know. I mean, I, I think they enjoy being under the radar. Um, uh, you know, I mean? Nick and and, and, the, and the staff do a great job of preparing these guys, and they believe in themselves. You know, what I mean, they got yeah. we got some great gritty guys on that team that that, that, that like to play, they like to win, and they've got a taste of it. They got a taste of it. So I I think they're probably enjoying playing under the radar. You know, what I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the Lakers and, and and the Clippers are. are you know, I mean, they got some great players on their team, but um, I think what we do as a team um, is, is, has has, uh, has been pretty successful. And um, the guys that we have uh, stick uh, what Coach Nurse uh, likes to do, and um, they, they've bought into it.
0: You know, Kevin, you you get a chance to see the entire league and the plays and the system and so forth and so on. And we're in this era of pace and space, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but. Going back to last year, and we would talk, you and I, from time to time, and when was the moment that you realized that you had a chance to win? Because that was a very unusual situation that you get a player of a Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. in year one, and then it all just comes together. Right. You know, And normally it takes time for chemistry to build the camaraderie that's necessary to be at a championship level. But when did you say, or look at the team last year and go, We got a real chance because that was a special year that you guys were able to pull off last year.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I, being from afar, watching it from afar, because I'm always trying to get them ready for the for the next game and the next series. um, You know, I mean, of course, the um, the 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 Buck series um, was was huge. Um, You know, I mean, I think we went down two zero. I'm not for sure. I'm not. I can't remember correctly. But um, coming back from that series. Um, you know, I mean, Freddie uh, Van Vliet was was wasn't shooting the ball well, and all of a sudden, he started playing well. Um, you know, I mean, Kawhi was of course, doing his day, Kyle was doing his thing. the other guys were doing their thing. We needed that. We needed a, that that other spark plug. And I think when when Van Vliet was started making shots, and, and and Coach Nurse gave him the confidence. You know, I mean, you know, hey, keep shooting it, keep shooting it, keep shooting it, and uh, it, it paid it paid dividends, but. I think after that, after that Milwaukee series, I felt that we had a, we had a real good chance of uh, of, of, of competing and, and, and probably playing for for an NBA championship. You know, I mean, you never know if you're going to win it or not, but you know, I mean, just to get there, I felt I felt um, pretty good. Of course, you know, I mean, the 76ers with the talent they have, they're very very scary team, and, and of course, everybody saw how he won that game with the with the shot from Kawhi that. Almost around about, you know in 15 seconds <laughs> but, but you know i mean thatyls it, is scary thing. i mean that the east was a scary 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 um series with, with, with all those guys you know i mean um you know I mean, milwaukee and the 76ers were, were, were really really good teams and still are
2: and Kevin, we we got a couple a couple more questions. We'll let you get out of here. I have to ask you about uh, just scouting for the bubble. I mean, you're an advanced scout. You're usually flying all over the country. You're used to arenas and those, you know, playing a factor. Even having the Toronto crowd and those types of things in the playoffs. Is there anything that not having a crowd? Is there is there something that you scout for that you're like this is a little bit different because we're not going to have the the momentum and all these other other sorts of things aren't going to be in play.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the bubble's the bubble is pretty small. I'm I'm in I'm in Florida right now, so. They, the NBA has kept that bubble pretty small. I'm not in Orlando with them, and I won't be in Orlando, so I'll be doing most of my work off the fi- off film, um, okay. you know, because we, we do have our, our most of our coaching staff is there. But I think it's if I was there, it'd be a lot better because the fans are there. So we listen for for play calls, we listen for the coach, we listen for the point guard. Um, so it's um, it's it would be dip, it's gonna be different probably for the players, but as far as doing doing my job. If I was in Orlando uh, doing that job, would probably be a lot easier because of the because you, you can hear everything. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, when you're at a ball game and, and the crowd's going, you're, you're trying to listen for plays. You, you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's a lot tougher to do your job. Um, but my job's gonna be tougher now again because I get to watch. I have to watch it on film. You know what I mean? To do my job on film. But we have other coaches, coaches in Orlando who will be able to do some of the things that I was doing. So. But yeah. It's a it's a fun job and you get to travel and, and it's it's a, it's it's easier for me because my kids are are a lot older now you know what I mean so my wife is she's she's fine with me traveling and, and <laughs> probably probably happier than I think but you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know gee is is it safe to say or fair to say that in your role now. That it's, it's it, just listening and, and all of the scouting that you're doing, mm-hmm. that it's really a training ground really to go to be a head coach or to be a coach in the NBA because you're learning not only what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you're seeing what every team in the league is doing. Have you found it, you know, as you're seeing offenses and defensive schemes as a, yeah. you know, I'm sure you look at it and go, I, I like that. And you kind of mm-hmm. tuck that away.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's it's, it's it's valuable. You learn, and, and everybody I talk to, when I tell them that I'm doing what I'm doing, because there are coaches that have done what I've done, and with our with my other colleagues that do what I do, um, you learn the league. You know, what I mean, you learn. You know, I mean, you learn different head coaches. You know what they like to call. Of course, you've got your notes, and you know what they're going to be doing, and, and and kind of see what they're going to call. But there's a lot of good coaches in our league. And and uh, and if you see something you like, of course you're gonna you're gonna put it in the back in your mind. So I remember that play that that uh, that Toronto ran, or I remember that play that the Mavericks ran. You know, I mean? Rick Car- Carlisle, great play caller. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of good things that comes from being in this position um, to be a to be a head coach, to be an assistant coach, to be to be a coach in general. You know, what I mean to, to to be on the um, in the front office side, uh, you know, what I mean, is just you see players, you see their 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 tendencies, you see their attitudes, you see what kind of people they are, you see how they communicate with their with their other teammates, and you see how they communicate with their coaches. So there's a you see a lot um, from 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 doing this job, and I'm, I've I've enjoyed it.
2: And Kevin, one last question for me. If you had to say the one skill that you would point to to say that's, that's what you need to be an advanced scout, is it listening? Is it, is it being able to hear really well? Is it, is it having great eyesight to be able to pick up little things that are going on in a game? Or, or is it something, you know, just having basketball IQ that makes it work?
1: Yeah, I, I think basketball IQ is, is a big part of it. But experience, you got to have mm-hmm. experience. And I, I called on a little bit faster than, than, than most guys because I, I played the game. And I knew the language, some of the language has, some of the terminology has changed over the years, but it's, um, it's been good for me and the curve, it hasn't been, the curve hasn't been as huge for me because I played the game for, you know, in the, in the league for 10 years. So, um, but if you do it enough, the experience comes because there's great guys that haven't played, you know what I mean? That haven't played, that do a good job at this job.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. Kevin Gamble uh, joining us on pushing through, breaking it down. What what an advanced scout, you know, and telling us oh. about Iowa basketball from back in the days. This has been a great time, Kevin. We appreciate you coming on, and we'd love to have you back to uh, to break down the basketball that's actually happening in the bubble at some point.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you having me, man. I had a good time.
2: Gee, man, appreciate you, man.
0: All love, man. Salute yep. everything you doing. And, yep. uh, hey, man, love you. And anything you need, you always got a home here pushing through. And uh, – You know, know, appreciate you. Hey, I got one question though. You still have your yellow and black Nikes from Iowa, from your days back in Iowa. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get those. They're collector's items in in honor of the Wu Tang, you know? (laughs) I have to tell one quick story though. This was my guy in school with rap he loved the fat boys <laughs> he loved the fat boys you know oh, these guys no. might be too young <laughs> and then i liked run dmc and all of those guys but uh man we had great times and
1: uh oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I forgot about that <laughs>
0: yeah he did yeah he did but we had great times and uh man you had a great career and Man, it's a pleasure, man. I'm just, uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. G, hey, G-Man. Well,
1: story about BJ. BJ, one of the hardest workers, two years younger than me, right? I, I, I'm I, graduating. My career is over at Iowa. Um, I'm trying to get ready for the NBA. But this guy is already working, you know, in the weight room, in the gym, running stairs in the Carverhawk arena. And I'm looking <laughs> at this guy that's two years younger than me. So I learned a lot from BJ as far as work ethic. You know, what I mean, I, I said this guy—he's—he's he's two years away from graduating. You know, what I mean, what is he doing, working so hard? I should be doing this. So I just—I just, I just start saying, "Hey, when are you working out, man?" And he said, "Be oh. <laughs> <laughs> there in the, the morning." So i was like, "Hey," I'll, so I just start showing up. I just started showing up, and so, you know I mean, you just you just try to you try to try to learn stuff from different people, and, and BJ is one of those guys that. Was all business.
0: Was all business. Yeah, no. G didn't know I was tagging along. I wanted to hear every. Th- I wanted to hear the process, man. You know, as he was going through the process. So, but no, yeah. it's a great time, man. Anything you need, G, man. You know, we're here. Take care of yourself. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other talking. But appreciate you taking the time to come on. All
1: right.
0: All right, man. Appreciate it. All right. Be good, my friend.